Welcome to Scale Your Business Radio with your hosts, David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman. Hi, I'm David Finkel, co-host of Scale Your Business Radio. Today I'm joined by my co-host and co-author of Scale, Seven Proven Principles to Grow Your Business and Get Your Life Back, Jeff Hoffman. So, Jeff, right now we're talking about the team pillar of the business, and it, it, it's amazing to me. You know, one of the things we talk about in Chapter 10, there's this idea that common sense when it comes to attracting and retaining and empowering our team isn't so common. Uh, give an example. Uh, you shared a story in scale, this, this story about how when one of your team members in one of your early companies came to you and said, Jeff, what's our, what's our employee policy about what you did with your team back then and how you, how you brought up such an important way of looking at, with common sense, how we lead in our company? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, David, because my corporate experience had been these massively produced, huge employee manuals that I'm not sure anybody had ever read. You certainly couldn't remember or apply at all. And when somebody <laughs> walked up to me one day in my growing business, small business, and said, what is our employee manual? I got all the people, everybody in the conference room, and I said, take out a sheet of paper. Draw a line down the middle. On the left, I want you to write down all the things that any employer ever did to you that made you feel bad, undervalued, and just demotivated. Then on the right side, I want you to write down the opposite. Anything that any employer ever did that made you feel good, made you want to come to work, and made you want to work harder. And then I said, take a thumbtack, stick that on the wall, and that is our employee manual. If I catch you doing anything on the left side of the chart, you're fired. And once a week, I want you to look on the right side of the chart and go do one of those things to somebody else that made you love your job. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm smiling because, you know, tongue-in-cheek that that is, I can imagine people laughing with that. It it just seems so obvious that that we've all had these experiences of things that have just turned us off about where we've worked and things that have turned us on, yet it's, it's almost like I think sometimes as a parent, um, with my kids, I find myself saying things my parents said to me that I hated. <laughs> and I notice the same thing in my business. It's like, how do I stop? That, that, is, that is funny because you're right. People will be, when they had a manager that, that didn't like the way they were talked to, and then they find themselves as the manager, and they need to stop and ask themselves, are you behaving the way that you didn't like when somebody was your boss? Because if so, you need to correct that behavior if you want your company to have motivated, high-producing employees. And I'll share one idea around that. This idea of just pausing. I think sometimes we're so trained as a business owner that we need to be on all the time and, and have the right answer in our fingertips, but I, I know I don't. And I know that when I, when I pause for a second before I respond to something or come into a meeting with an individual giving it even just a minute of thought, I am so much better with how I respond than when I just go with that first knee-jerk reaction, which uh, I have to say, embarrassingly enough, oftentimes is the absolute wrong thing to say or do, at least in my experience for me. I I agree. And, in fact, an amazing thing was the first time as as management that instead of assuming I'm the boss, I'm supposed to know all the answers, and I'm supposed to tell people what to do, One day, only because I was tired, not because I was smart at the time, I walked in and I sat down across from this employee. And instead of thinking that I have to have all the answers, I started the conversation by saying, what do you think we should do? And her answer 
was, oh, about a thousand times better than any idea that I had. And it never occurred to me, why don't you ask people to participate in the decision-making process instead of assuming that because you own the business, you have to send all the decisions down from the top. <laughs> you know, I think about how to make your your company a great place to work where people actually want to be there. You know, one of the things that we talked about was they gave different ideas, but one of them, and, and this is one that I see is so hard for a business owner, is we need to get rid of, in some cases, some of the people we early on brought on that just, they're clearly not the right person. Someone once said to me, David, if if in your gut, if they came to you and said, I found another job, if you would be happy to hear that, then that's a good clue that that's a person that really is not in their right livelihood working on your on your team with that part. And I never really thought about the impact <clears throat> of what all these poor performers have on the other part of my team. And I think you know, if someone's going to pick up scale, likely they already have a company, and they haven't done this yet. And one of the things I would say to them is, you know, have the courage to look at your current team for that. And chances are you've got wonderful people, but you've got one or two people that are holding others back because they're a negative kind of blanket uh, compressing down on everybody else. What, what are some of the other things you see about retaining talent that, that help you keep your best people for years producing wonderfully for the business? Yes, David, that multiplier effect uh, works both ways. A person that is not performing, that is allowed to continue in the company, brings everybody else's productivity down because there are days they think, why am I working so hard when management clearly doesn't care? But the reverse multiplier effect is real also. When you go to somebody, one day I was walking down the hall, and I stopped, and I told everybody, I said, hey, hallway meeting, which wasn't even a thing. I just said, everybody stand up in the hall, and everybody did. And I had one person stand up, and I said, I just want to tell you, we had, a, we had a problem the other day. We had no solution, and Natalie came up with this really cool idea on the fly. The customer loved it. The problem is solved, and we're in better shape with this customer than we were before we had the problem because of Natalie's great idea. I just wanted to share that with you, and I walked off. It was an impromptu thing in front of all the employees, but the multiplier effect was everybody was lit up, felt a little bit higher, and everybody wanted me to stop at their desk next time because they wanted to be recognized in front of all their peers for having done something innovative on their own. I had no idea how powerful impromptu recognition just in the hallway was uh, for the entire team. You know, it's interesting because as business owners, we're, we're hardwired to see how much more is left to be done. I, I think we always think about all the steps that still need to be taken, and we just dismiss the victories that we've had because, hey, we've already had them. And we don't realize how demotivating that is for our team when they never feel. I see a lot of entrepreneurs have, in their companies are almost like the, the pattern is the parent who's never satisfied, who, who they can never be pleased. And, it, and it, it causes some really good people to get a little bit more unsure of themselves when they could produce more and be happier and these are things that have nothing to do with paying people more money. It's just by affirming them that, hey, we're making progress. You're part of a winning team, and we notice that you're doing great stuff, and thank you for that. Exactly. They just want to know that you know. And that, does, that recognition, like you said, does not cost money, but it pays you back in money because you have more motivated and more employees when you make it a point to make sure they know that you know what they're doing, what they're doing for you in the company. Absolutely.
You know, one last thing I'll share here, is, and if you can, if you can imagine this for a business person, um, how important it is for us as a business person to be able to actually understand how what we do contributes to the the end result that the company is going after. And then one thing you shared a quick example of of one eight hundred flowers. Could you take just even thirty seconds and give us a quick snapshot of this making the connection idea before we end this final segment today? Absolutely, uh, Jim McCann, the founder of one eight hundred flowers, the world's largest florist. When I asked him what makes his company so good and keep growing to be the world's largest florist, he told me, "Watch this." He has written on the on the walls, "Sell more flowers." And he can stop any employee in his company and say, what are you doing right now? And they'll tell him. And he'll say, how does that help us sell more flowers? And if they can't answer that question, he tells them, put that down and go find something to do that helps us sell more flowers because that's what we do around here. So I wrote that on the board in my company, and I tell people, constantly look to see what you're doing during the day, and if you're not sure how that helps our company sell more of our flowers, find something else to do that directly contributes to our success. All right. Well, you've joined us for another hour here at the Scale Your Business Radio. We're your co-hosts, Jeff Hoffman and David Finkel. Thank you for joining us. I really strongly encourage you to get to our website, scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. On there, not only you get lots of great tools to use, but you'll be able to use them to scale and grow 